With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Ramble with Russell, 546 on my podcast, a home of intelligent rambling right here on the Talk Show Network and one of the longest running single hoacher podcasts in Ontario. I'm your host, Russ Hale. Got a terrific show lighting up for you today as we sweat it out here in Ontario. Man alive, I'm telling you folks, it has been one of the warmest summers on record here in the lovely province. But irregardless of the heat, I'm still going to provide a show for you today. I know it's going to be about two weeks between shows, but <laughs> I've just been really, uh, really busy. But I'm still going to get out a show for you for this week. And uh, keep in mind, a very special uh, Ramble Extra coming a little later on, but more on that at the end of the show. For now, on the show today is we take a trip to Paris via train and discover the true life events of uh, with the blu-ray review of of the 1517 to paris courtesy of the great folks of Warner brothers home video directed by clint eastwood then we go from paris to england and catch up with another bear this time it's the second journey of paddington bear and paddington 2 courtesy of Warner brothers home video then we go from a fantasy bear to a fantasy boy if you will, to a trip back to Neverland for the Walt Disney for, for Disney's Peter Pan, the anniversary signature edition, courtesy of the great folks of Walt Disney Home Entertainment. And then we go from the boy that never grew up to men who arguably never never really properly grew up. Well, they did with really messed up childhoods with the DVD review of "I'm Dying Up Here." on a courtesy of the great folks of Paramount Home Video and executive produced by Jim Carrey on Showtime. That's all on this episode of Ramble with Russell. So I'm going to take a musical interlude and we write up the first review of the show. Our first Blu-ray movie review for this episode is the 517 to Paris courtesy of the great folks of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Now, this movie was actually directed by good old Clint Eastwood. And Clint, I feel, is maybe starting to show his age. Now, this is based on a true story that happened not that long ago when three longtime childhood friends were just happened to be on a train to Paris and craziness ensued. Now, this is what I would call a move, a classic movie of a long build. The actual incident that this movie is based on doesn't happen until like 
10 to 20 minutes near the end of the movie, which is kind of a long build up until the, the last 20 to 10 to 20 minutes of the movie. You, you basically get treated to the backstory of these three characters, their childhood memories. And the movie starts off thinking, oh, these dudes, some kind of special forces, bad bleep bleeps. But no, no, sadly, they're not. Um, and, and it kind of leads up until their events at what happens. Now, this is described as a dramatic reconstruction of an unassuming and effective as the action it depicts by A.O. Scott of the New York Times. And, um, I don't know about that. Now, the, the director, Clint Eastwood, and, you know, this is the kind of guy who makes this decision and people are not going to go, you know, maybe this is a good idea. And his wisdom decided to cast the three main characters in this movie of um, Anthony Spencer and Alec. They, he cast them not with some famous Hollywood actors. No, even though they thought about it, he made the executive decision as a director to cast these characters as the actual people. Yes, he instead of having actors to play the roles he got the real people to play themselves. Now, you know, I can understand the meaning for realism in this day and age, but lordy gordy, uh, no offense, guys, I'm probably never going to meet you in person. I sincerely doubt it, but oi, um, these guys just cannot act. The little kids were somewhat better actors than the grown adults. It was like, dang, you know, I understand realism and everything, but and and what these guys did, I'm not taking away they acted in, in a split decision. Although the terrorist was not brought back for to reprise his role, um, and two of the people on the on the train were not brought back as well. I no offense to you, dudes who will never meet. You, you just. You you did an amazing thing that day, but you're not really actors. And it really does show. Now, they also brought back two of the people involved in the incident. And, yeah, I mean, and, and all the, the, they did this to bring realism. But in the extras, they're going like, man, it was hard, hard to relive this. Yeah, you're, you know, this one couple, the guy, like, you know, bleeding out. And, and you have to relive that. Uh, for special features, you have a making of and a portrait of courage behind these guys. I'm going to say, you know, I, I, I respect Clint Eastwood. He's had an amazing career. If you want to see a really good Clint Eastwood movie, go find Unforgiven. One of my favorite westerns of all time. Really good in that one. Uh, and some of the Dirty Harry stuff. Top notch. But this... I don't know. I mean, if you're into, you know, real life, true stories. Okay. If you expect this to be an action fest. No. Um, so it, it, it is what it is. I found the, the, the plot kind of plotting. Not really that exciting. And although that last little bit is kind of cool. It's still very like, oh, 
Okay, the, that was the movie? So, it, it is what it is. I mean, if you like true life stuff, you're going to like this. As me, a long-time movie viewer and a fan of Clint's, I expected a little more, you know, oomphah for my dollar. So that is my take of the 1517 to Paris, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. The Ray Movie Review is Paddington 2, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Now, of course, this is the sequel to the first Paddington movie, which came out in 2014. And I've always liked Paddington Bell. I always liked uh, the, the old, the old stop-motion kind of animated show back in the day. And I was, I was curious to see what they would do with Paddington 2. Now, the first movie was system, uh, basically establishing him with the family of the Browns and kind of getting that out of the way. When we, we resume the life of uh, the most famous talking bear, he'd been living with the Browns for a while. The Browns, of course, 
<clears throat> once again, the same cast comes back. Henry Brown is one is played by Hugh Bonneville, of course, best known from Downton Abbey. And uh, Mrs. Bird comes back, Julie Walters. Uh, Mrs. Brown comes back as well to Mary Brown, played by Sally Hawkins. And the kids are back. So all that cast returns. You also have Peter Capaldi is in this one as well as one of their neighbors. So he comes back <laughs> in this movie. Yes, former Doctor Who is in this movie, which is really kind of cool. Now, the villain in the first one was Nicole Kidman. So we have to have a villain again. Somebody has to be the, the, the antagonist. This time around, your villain is played by Hugh Grant, which is kind of cool casting, you know, because he hasn't been doing a lot lately. So, so in this one, Hugh Grant uh, plays a, a a a villain who who wants to get a hold of a book. Now, early in the movie, Paddington wants to do something nice for his aunt Lucy, you know, who who he still writes letters to, and he wants to do something nice for her. So. He's he's looking around the um the shop of of <clears throat> of of the local shop owner and he discovers this really cool book. It's like a pop-up book of London. And he looks at that book and says, "You know what? Aunt Lucy would love that. That way she can kind of see London without actually coming here because, you know, it's hard to get a bear to travel." As is, he kind of stowed away. So so he wants to get this book, but it's a super expensive book. So Paddington takes jobs washing windows around the neighborhood with very comedic results. Now, in this movie, I don't remember this in the first one. In this movie, he has this crazy suitcase that has this extended ladder that opens up. And the ladder is so long, it's like, is his suitcase, suitcase magical? Did we establish this? At one point, because I don't remember having a magical suitcase in the first movie. And they, he uses it a lot in this film. It's like, why is your ladder still coming out of this? Which has a limit, too, though, which plays off in the movie. So Hugh Grant is a villain. He is playing uh, <laughs> very interesting casting. He's playing a washed-up actor <laughs> who who discovers that in this book are clues to a possible fortune. So he's in this slight spoiler here. So he steals the book, and poor Paddington gets blamed for it. And in this movie, Paddington the Bear goes to prison. I kid you not. They 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 send this poor little talking bear to jail. And a good chunk of this movie is Paddington in this criminal this prison with a lot of hardened criminals just being the lovable bear he is. And, and making friends wherever he goes. And so, a good chunk of this movie is the Browns trying to clear his name and and, and you know and and get him out of prison. So that's a good chunk of this movie. Hugh Grant plays a very interesting villain. He's one of these villains that that made his career as a master of disguise. So that's how he gets around doing this, and that's why he you know he doesn't get caught because of his disguises. And it's a very over-the-top performance. But Hugh Grant really pulls it off. The The Browns have a, a, a good role, although somewhat diminished. And it is a very sweet movie. Uh, the voice of Panton Bear reprises his role, so that's there. When it comes to extras, you do get uh, Paddington the Bear Truth, which is an extra just on 
the making of it. You also get how to make a marmalade sandwich for all those who don't know how to make a marmalade sandwich. A music video with Phoenix Buchanan. The magical mystery of Paddington's pop-up book. So uh, a fair amount of, of extras in this. You get to hear from the cast members. You get to hear from the voice of Paddington Bear. And and the artwork on it is really cool. They kind of take a lot from the first movie again and and use uh, artwork throughout this movie. Overall, it is a very sweet movie. It's so weird to see a bear in prison gear. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. But it, it is overall a very sweet kind of family movie. And, and that's what these kind of movies are about. Paddington is just cute as ever and and you know and it's it's definitely fun to watch. It's it's safe. Safe movie for kids, no really cussing or swearing, nothing too intense when it comes to action. But still, you know uh you definitely get your your money's worth with this. So uh, a fun sequel. Uh, a sequel definitely lives up to the charm of the original and and it and it's worth checking out for sure. So that is my take of Paddington 2 on the Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Blu-ray movie review for this episode is the anniversary edition of Disney's Peter Pan, the signature, part of the signature collection. Now, long-time ramblers may or may not know, but Peter Pan 
is one of my favorite animated Disney features. When I was growing up as a kid, this is going to age me a bit, but I don't care. When I was growing up as a kid, I used to have a Peter Pan record. Yes, kids, 20 years old out there. Records, one of those things in vinyl. And it was like the soundtrack for the movie. And as a child, as a young boy, I played that thing all the time. I got to a point where I could I could sing along. I memorized all the words. But for the longest time, all I knew about Peter Pan was the record. I hadn't seen the movie. Not I'd seen bits of it as a boy, but no way through. So all I knew was the record. So I had to imagine all the sound effects and what they meant and how it all fit in and everything. All I had was that and pictures. So I, I really, I, I, I really was happy to see that Disney once again has released this classic <clears throat> on on video. Now, for an old film, they did a really job cleaning this up, folks. Peter Pan uh, visually looks gorgeous for a good old hand drawn cartoon. This is probably the best looking you're ever going to get. It really, I don't think there's going to be a four. I could be wrong, but so, so <clears throat> that <laughs> it really is a fun story. Now. Does the story hold up all these years later? And yes, you know, in some aspects, you know, Captain Hook is is really a mean bugger. <laughs> yeah, he literally shoots a guy just for singing badly. Tinkerbell is one mean little pixie, let me tell you. And 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 Hook's fear <laughs> of the crocodile. Man, the way they animated that. In some ways, looking back, I'm thinking, wow, you know, in the 1990s, parents got really mad at the Power Rangers for being so violent. And at one point up here in Canada on global television, they pulled the Power Rangers from Canadian TV because it was so violent. Yet, yet, ladies and gentlemen, you look back and saw Peter Pan and numerous times the, the crocodile is trying to eat Hook and nearly succeeds on a number of occasions. If that ain't violent... Heck, I don't know what is, but is as it is, uh, it, it does somewhat stand up. Keep in mind <laughs> the Indian scene, you know. Um, so times have changed, so part of the movie may not be completely politically correct. Now, and all it does allow you to view the movie is in Disney View. So, for all you those out there of widescreens, that's every of us. You can watch the movie, you know, without Disney View and just have black on either side. But if you want to maximize your screen, then use the Disney View. One, it fills in the black so all the kids are not going, Why is there black lines when we're trying to watch the movie? <laughs> you know. And the, the, the artwork is done by a very well-known artist that has worked on Disney films before. And I said you can also do karaoke. As well, too, if you can watch it that way. Um, and, and so you get that. Uh, now, one of the things I like about Signature Edition, now Signature Edition, is that, you know, in the past, Ramblers, I've complained that when Disney brings out these Signature Editions, what it does is it doesn't always give you a full set of extras. A lot of the times, they kind of chimp on that, and they say, oh, we'll give you some new extras, but if you want the classic bonus features... You gotta still have the Diamond Edition of this movie, because we're not going to include it here. Well, maybe somebody saw the light at Disney, and thank you for that, and said, you know what? 
we're not going to do that this time around. In addition to getting some brand new special features that you didn't get, uh, including stories from Walt's office. This is Walt in flight. This is another thing that they're starting to do that they did with Laying the Tramp, where you get another snippet of Walt Disney's office. You get sing-along. You get uh, a co- new conversations with the voice actors who played Wendy and John Darling. Very interesting. A, a newer interview with those two. I always like to see voice actors, ones that are still alive. An oaky version of You Can Fly. Kind of, I guess, a karaoke version. And a karaoke oaky version of Never sing to a crocodile. And if you recognize the voice of the man who sings that song, that was the same man who was the voice of Tony Tiger. And that's a song that they never released, but I wish they had in the movie. It's one of my favorites. Now, what's in them along with that, you get all the classic bonuses. That released in the DVD before. So thank you, Disney. That's cool. Now, one of the interesting things I noticed about the bonuses is that in his conversation with the actors who played Wendy and John, one of the things that Wendy, the character that, that uh, Wendy that played Wendy talks about is that she said that in addition to being Wendy, she was also the character model for Tinkerbell. One of the amazing things that Disney did back in the day is... To get the animation movements to to match up and look realistic, and Filmation kind of did the same thing with He Man and Shira. They they used live actors <coughs> to to do the parts and to act, and then the animators would base the movements of the animated characters from the live action performances, which is a really cool thing. Uh, that Filmation did, you know, almost 30 years later or so. They kind of borrowed from that. And, and Disney did that. And and in the this behind the scenes, the actress who voiced Wendy says, oh, well, you know, in addition to doing Wendy, I also did the body work for Tinkerbell. So they helped animate Tinkerbell on screen. And they think, well, that's kind of cool, but that's not how I remember it. And, and, and so when you watch the classic bonuses... They still have those two talking about their roles, much younger versions of them. But then they have another actress on, a separate actress who goes, oh, no, wait, you know, uh, I was I was the 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 model, the live action model for Tinkerbell. And I did all that stuff. You're thinking. "Okay, somebody is either telling some tales or they doubled up on the actresses and never told them because. And the newer one with the Wendy actress, they show footage of her holding up the big scissors because in, in the movie, and and they show that the, the other model doing the same thing. And I'm thinking, Disney, 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 did you double down back then and you didn't tell the actresses? And to this day, they don't even know. Wow. So I don't know. Be be a judge for yourself, but I found that very conflicting. Lots of great bonus features. This is definitely the version of the movie you want to get if you have not picked this up before. In addition to all that, you do get the DVD version and the digital code. So you can watch this digitally. As a movie, yeah, I mean, there are some slightly racist things in it. 
Uh, but, but it is, it, to me, it still holds up. Peter Pan will always have a place in my heart. Although there's one point in the early in the movie where, 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 where Pan's kind of looking in, into the kids and, and Tinkerbell's lighting his face and he gives the most evilest look I've ever seen. Uh, you also get audio commentary as well on this release. It really is. Unless they they make something better, as of this present day, this is the best, I would say, package of Peter Pan you are going to have with this. Uh, in addition to the, 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 the features you got before, you do get the, the, uh, the Walt's Office one, you get a fresh new interview with the voice actors, although it conflicts a little. And, and it, it is still, to this day, one of my favorite older Disney releases. Also, some of the bonuses are cool, and I heard about this before. At one time, uh, Nana the dog was supposed to be part of the adventure. They, they actually storyboarded and scripted it that Nana was would accompany the children to Neverland. Now, eventually, in the final movie, of course, you don't see that, but for a while, they they did that, and it really been cool if, if the... How different would the movie have been if the dog had been allowed to come along. Also, watching this movie again made me think, you know what? I haven't watched Hook in a long time. And Hook really borrowed from this animated feature. It was probably as close as you're going to get to a live-action sequel. I mean, yes, they did an animated return to Neverland. But Hook really borrows a lot from the Disney movie. So... Watching this one made me really want to watch Hook again to to get more of that Peter Pan nostalgia in me. And uh, voice acting in this movie, great. I I love the... <laughs> Hook was so over the top in this. Uh, you know, I, I was saying to myself, Blast that Peter Pan! For a few days <laughs> after watching this. So overall... Uh, a great release and definitely one to add to your Disney collection. So that is my take of the anniversary edition of Disney's Peter Pan on the Blu-ray, the signature edition, courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Home Entertainment. When you were young and your heart was an open book, used to say, leave it let live. It would save change your world in which we leave it, make you give in and cry. So live and let die. Live and let die. What 
you got a job to do, you gotta do it well. You gotta keep me out of front of hell. My TV show and DVD review for this episode is I'm Dying Up Here, Season 1, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment. Now, the last 1970s TV show I believe I dealt with here on the show, Ramblers, was Vinyl. As you well know, I I didn't really enjoy Vinyl that much. As as much as I am a fan of the 70s, I, I tried to watch Vinyl and I just couldn't get into the show. The music was great, the sets and the costumes were fantastic. But the characters just didn't suck me in that well. And I really had a thought, oh great, here's another show set in the 70s. Am I going to like this? But I do like stand-up comedy. One day, Ramblers, in the Agar region, I may do it. Um, it it's before this year is over. Um, <laughs> it may happen. But, but this really intrigued me. And it's also executive produced by Jim Carry. So I thought, you know what? I'll give it a chance. I'm not going to let vinyl spoil my 70s TV show vibe. The show centers around the gold, uh, a comedy club called Goldies in Los Angeles. And, and the, the lives of the comedians and the management of that club. Where back in the day in the 70s, if you got on Carson, man, then you were really going for the star stars the the movie opens up in a really kind of dramatic way where a comedian clay kind of commits suicide and, and this kind of impacts the whole stand-up community in this club this is very much an ensemble piece of course it's led by the character goldie played by melissa leo she is terrific in this as a really a hard-nosed club manager that that really you know believes in stand-up comedy but she's not what she's one of these people that you know I, I want you to work it. I want you to earn it. I, I you, you know, nothing is handed to you. That kind of person. Rounding off the cast, you have, uh, you have Harry Graynor as Cassie Fetter. And then a, a lot of good actors. This is very much, I'm going to say, an ensemble piece in this 10 episode first season. Where you get a really interesting perspective on the, the different actors and characters. You have two young comedians that start up, uh, Eddie and Ron. 
they they come up from from to Los Angeles to stay with the guy that had his accident and end up living in the closet for a good chunk of the season. And the actor who plays Ron Shack, Clark Duke, I know, I know I've seen him in other things. And this is interesting about the show. There's a lot of characters in the show. I'm going, eh, you know, I know you from other things, but I can't quite get it. So it's very much a journey for a lot of these characters. The character of Nick Beverly, played by Jake Lacey, he really goes on a journey. He starts starts the show off as as like top of the world, and by the end of it, you know he's he's given up a girl, which you know, slight spoiler. He 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 makes decisions that that he you know he's gonna regret, and just because his agent says he has to. Uh, now keep in mind this is a Showtime show. So it does get a little racy. There, there's nudity in this. There's occasional violence, swear words. It's, it's not a show for kids. And, and, and the jokes are what they are. They're stand-up. Some are funnier than others. I, I have to say, though, this is one of the few shows I don't like the theme song. It, it's, it's a weird kind of mix of music and dialogue. And after I listened to it once, I just skipped it every episode it's like no no don't really enjoy it that's what the skip button is for so we had a lot of things like that one of the characters eddie's idol played by michael and gennaro i really i really feel for this guy because he really falls for cassie and for a good chunk of the season cassie is is dating the character of bill hobbs played by andrew santino and 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 Eddie is just Jonesy on her big time, and and I've been it, years ago. I I know exactly what it's like with Eddie, where you really like a girl, you really want to you know her to give you a chance, but she's dating another fella, and then when she breaks up with that fella, all she looks at you is a friend. That's it. You are in the friend zone. You cannot get out of the friend zone. That is all she considers you to be. And man. I felt his pain. I thought, dude, I know what it's like. Because I went through that in my own life years ago before I met my wife, Lee. And it sucked. Now, and, and she ended up marrying another dude. And the dude was better than the, the dude she had before. But it was like, I I was a little annoyed. So I kind of got Eddie's pain there. I'm just like, dude, I just, I know. <laughs> I know how you're feeling. Uh, you have a lot of characters there. You have a young, young, young black comedian, Adam Proto, played by R.J. Seiler. He really goes through a lot of very interesting um, developments, really growth. A lot of the characters have growth this season. And, and that's what I like to see. Uh, Bill has a very interesting relationship with his father and a dog. Overall, a good season. I gotta admit, it took me at least two or three episodes to get in. I thought, oh, no, it's going to be another vinyl. I'm not going to like it. But once I got invested in the characters, I really liked it. And looking forward, I know there's been a season two. Looking forward to season two and where it takes these characters on a lot of their journeys. Uh, no audio commentary, which is a shame. No featurettes. I really would have liked to have audio commentary in some of these episodes. And, and it would have been cool to hear... Especially on a commentary by Jim Carrey, and it would have been cool to have some behind the scenes 
featurettes for this. But other than that, uh, a fun season. Definitely worth checking out. Just keep in mind, not a show to watch with the kitties around for many, many reasons. That is my take of I'm Dying Up Here, the complete season one on DVD, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this episode of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me the number of ways. You can always check me out on Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the followers I have on Twitter. I Thank you very much for that. And um, any interactions you give me there. Of course, you can always check me out right here in the Talk Shoot Network. I'm show... 18411, that is my code to find me. Of course, you can check out all the older episodes on my old spot at Libsyn, http full colon backslash backslash roundlyrest.libsyn.com. That's Richard Home on the Internet, where I have over eight plus years of podcast goodness, including interviews, reviews, and, cov- and convention coverage, all from the early years of this very show. Coming up on the future episodes of the show, got lots of things to talk about. Yes, I know Ant-Man and Wasp is opening up very soon. Am I going to go see the theater? Probably not, ladies and germs. So you just got to wait till that hits video in a few months from now, and then I'll be more happy to talk about that movie. Coming up, I will hope uh, one of these days I'll get through a season, maybe possibly 21 of South Park, as well as start on the Jerry Lewis 10 film collection. Also, possibly reviews of Code Black, Blue Planet 2, Take a Deep Breath, and Scorpion Season 2. We need to get back to that show, talk about that, as well as the movie Marshall, uh, courtesy of Sony Home Entertainment. That's all coming up on a future episode's of this very show, as well as Barry, Season 1, courtesy of HBO. And um, hopefully with that as well, keep listening to this very show, and I may have a giveaway where you not not where you can get yourself a copy of Barry, Season 1, courtesy of HBO. But keep listening to the show, and when I review that season, look for a special giveaway so you can get a chance to check it out too. Also, hopefully on the way to me very, very soon, courtesy of BBC Home Video, is the Tom Baker Years Season 1 on Blu-ray, including the first four adventures of the fourth Doctor, including hours of never-seen-before bonus features. The first time the fourth Doctor on Blu-ray. That's coming up very soon. Looking forward to getting a copy of that release. Tom Baker, as you know, Ramblers, is one of my favorite Doctor Whos. That is it for me, and hopefully next time I talk to you, things will be a little bit cooler here in Ontario. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. 
Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.